Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stargo Podcast. I'm Lizzie, and I'm here with Angie, and we are going to talk about episode eight, chapter eight, called Infinity Inc. Part Two, and we're done with Infinity Inc. That is the saddest part about this. Oh, it- it's like, here, here are these like, okay, so are we going to get into it now? Right, like, just before, I, I just gotta say, I got six episodes of Sylvester and just two of Infinity Inc. You guys can all go you know where. <laughs> um, yeah, because we got some pretty cool hints in this episode, which is why I'm like, we're already leaving? Or, like, when when are we gonna have time to get back to these characters? Because there was so much build up for director bones and it's like are we already are we already done i like they have to they have to be back before the end of the season i hope anyway because like the way that they were teasing the other like um right people staying like they had penny dreadful and also cart yes so like when you look into like the backstory behind these characters they're really interesting so i'm like this show has a problem with too many interesting characters and not enough time because I would love to see more of these two and like how they would work in Helix and it's just I don't see when we would do that I think it was I think it was just an easter egg probably for like hardcore DC Comics fans who have been reading JSA for a long time but I was like oh that would have been that would have been really fun to see. Helix versus Infinity. And like, it's like, why? Why is this not what we're getting? And, yeah. and it was it was super fun to see. But just it felt like this was a this was a good episode. Again, it would have been better as maybe the third episode of the season um, instead of the eighth. Um, because it just it feels like they gave us a tease. And then Jenny always sort of comes in. It's around for three seconds, and then she leaves, making us want her more. Yeah. How dare she? Because she's cool, and I would have loved her and Todd to have stayed around and stuff. But, okay, if they are going to be, like, under the tutelage of the shade, I think that's good. Where is that show? Like, there's going to be so much sass in all of those conversations. Like, the sass, like, Shade was extra sassy this episode, which I truly appreciated how he was just, like, sass and pat in the Shadowlands. Like, oh, it's nice. I'm truly watching a master at work. <laughs> he was, like, how, I mean, I think from the moment Shade um, showed up, we he was kind of a favorite of ours, even when he was, like, a villain. But he has really, really become, like, a character that I would... I mean, I think Stargirl has a lot of things. And then since we don't know what the future of DC TV sort of looks like, it's sad to sort of speculate um, about things that could work that we don't know if we're going to get. But the Shade is a character that I would have never thought could work as well as he does. Um, But the sass is on point. And then the whole thing about like he was like, Pat, you're going to get us in trouble with your feelings. And then the feelings that were actually giving (laughs) both of them trouble were shade the shades and it was like aha but he and pat made a really really it it was fun it was fun to see them together especially because 
Pat, like the interaction was fun, even though Pat wasn't like really responding with sass. He's got a way where he's he's a parent, so he's got a mm-hmm. way where he's almost sassing you, but without doing it straight up. He's sassing you with love and beardness, right? And then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I I just gotta like the best moment of the entire episode. I think we gotta talk of when Courtney said, "My dad." And then she was like, she corrected herself. She was like, I, I mean, Pat, we knew who you meant. Okay? Yeah. Courtney, that is your dad. That is your dad. <laughs> that is that your sort of, dad. And then that sort of contrasts that with the things we learn about Mike and uh, Mike's mom and that dad relationship in this episode because that was sort of, we sort of got to explore a little bit of the darkness of our dear Pat. Yeah. And it's so different. Okay, so they called back to Maggie, right? Who, like, we actually saw at the beginning of season two when Sylvester went to that diner to, like, find um, Pat. He found his ex-wife first. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a huge disconnect from what we saw from that scene who was seemingly a well-adjusted woman just working her server job versus like a strung out lady who abandoned her baby like I think there's there's a lot that we still need to know about that relationship and I do see that being interesting if she comes into town and now we have an excess of parental figures in the Dugan Whitmore house. But do we want her? Like, I don't want her. I I don't know. I Well, if we think about it from, like, Mike's perspective, or, like, the character Mike, like, he hasn't gotten a lot of time other than, like, him and Joaquin being teenagers, essentially. But, like, I think the character deserves it. Does the show have time to explore it? Probably not and that's another like oh i wish we could get that too right i mean it, it it's a nice sort of contrast and parallel to courtney's experience with her dad um and, and it's sort of also i think it's meant to show us that pat as a good dad and someone who's trying can still make mistakes like you are not perfect even though you're trying to protect your kid from whatever's going on, because I mean, it probably would have been best to just have a conversation with the kid. Like, especially like, I mean, it's not necessarily that the Shadowlands is showing you things exactly how they are, but there is, of course, the concern that Pat has, obviously, about how Mike is feeling, probably because this has not been discussed. So, and then what he should take out of this is you go home and you talk to your kid. Because it is true that Pat has had an easier time bonding with Courtney because he doesn't have that baggage with Courtney than he sometimes has with his own kid. We have not really even gotten Pat and Mike scenes this season. And we've gotten Pat and Courtney. And, like, we've gotten more Mike and Barbara. But it might just be the same thing. There's no baggage there, so it's easier to bond. And Mike did really need a mother figure. So... Maybe that's just something that needs to talk to be talked about, you know? Yeah, and I mean, again, here's Pat Dugan being perfect again, even though we just said he's not perfect. But I do like that he is breaking that generational curse of being that 
like he's not that type of father that his father was, which was very hard on him, very demanding, very uh, lots of machismo, you know, like you have to be a man and you were weak because you had feelings and blah, blah, blah. Like way to go for Pat who like turned out into this like wonderful human being who is in touch with his emotions and knows how to express them and knows how to tell his kids that he loves and appreciates them he i mean we haven't seen him with mike in a minute but i think we can say that mike does feel loved by pat right and then the the thing is also that i i i felt like that scene with uh, pat's dad was heartbreaking especially when pat's like no this is not like uh, this is exactly what he said. Like, these are exactly his words. This is not even being taken out of context. I was like, but that's harsh. And then he says, still miss you. No. Like, even though his dad was, like, that terrible to him and calling out probably what are his, like, worst fears and insecurity about himself, I think. Like, because Pat being the sidekick, you know, his dad saying, you were always second fiddle. Like, that probably is such an insecurity for Pat. But for him to, like, still tell his dad or like the shadow of his dad that he misses him. Wow. That, that is a well-adjusted, like mature man. I think Pat's been to therapy, right? He has to have been For like, sure. <laughs> how else has he been able to deal with all this? For sure. That is the look of a man who's been to therapy. I'm 100% with you on For that sure. because that is a lot of baggage and, and sort of not just like he probably went to therapy like early on because just even to his relationship with Sylvester to sort of accept like the second fiddle sort of like sidekick role with Sylvester um, sort of also speaks to someone who just like he didn't let what happened with his dad sort of stop him from doing that, which would have been easy because if those are insecurities that you carry when you're young. Um, so, and then Sylvester just sort of reinforced the insecurities also. So like I, this episode also sort of reinforced that Sylvester is the worst friend ever, which we knew. He wasn't even in this episode and yet you have found some way to trash this character. <laughs> but like, am I not right? Like when you see Pat's backstory, you see his insecurities, you're like, oh, so cute that your best friend in the entire world spent X amount of time reinforcing the thing that makes you feel like you're unworthy. <laughs> okay. Point. Point taken. Point made. I don't know so, why I'm suddenly a Sylvester apologist after, you know, <laughs> what episode is this? Eight episodes of complaining about him. But maybe it's because he just wasn't in this episode. So I was like, I mean, yeah, maybe that's why this episode was so enjoyable for me to watch. I was like, oh, all right. That, maybe <laughs> that was why. I mean, if we'd replaced the shade with Sylvester in every scene, we would have been happier. Imagine. Like, we thought Starman was a little bit sassy, but he's... Mm -mm. The no. shade will out-sass everyone in this room. Um, and the best thing, when he was, like, talking to Pat near the end, and he was like, do I have to? And Pat's like, not really, but you should. And you can see that he's like... And then he's like, when he's telling Jenny, like, please tell me no. I'm offering, but I don't want to do it. I mean, I again, I'd watch that show. I know. I just, 
Uh, I love it when like the villains are in that like gray area where they're just trying to be or trying to do more good in the world. And it was interesting to finally like see the Shades sister who like he talked about and teased even last season too. So like we got that reveal finally. We got Gambler again because we keep forgetting that there was a murder with all of the things going on in this season you know there was a murder who even who even cares anymore but we got a reminder of that uh gosh oh we had courtney courtney preaching again do we care do we even kill them at this point do we care do we care who set up the cameras at this point because it's certainly taken like way too long yeah I don't know. I can wait too long. It seems like a, I don't know. All I got was a gloved hand in the end, and there was rage, and it seemed like a wipers, and that's all I got. So like, but like, do I care? So it was Anakin Skywalker. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly right. Exactly. (laughs) And then we got a Sandy Hawkins name drop. I like. I I love this episode, and I hated it because all the name drops and the little hints of other things are like. And sort of, what is a shade gonna do? Is he gonna have his own superhero team? Like, I just, mm. oh, it just it. And then we barely got any Todd for real. We barely got any Todd. Like, uh, what is his personality other than he's gay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never got super beyond that, and like, that's the thing that his like. Shadow, who was that by the way? Was that no? Were we supposed to know? Was that like one of their foster parents? Maybe I mean, I don't, I didn't recognize them, so I, I think was it like, was one of their like, yeah, I think it was an it had to have been like one of their foster parents or something, maybe before they were separated, or regardless, that was the thing that was really honed in on, right? From a hateful standpoint, right? And, and to, like to give us an idea of his struggle growing up, um, and then that's kind of how we were introduced to him as well so i'm like i appreciate the effort in like diversifying this cast but we need we still need more from him he can't just be like and there's the gay obsidian like i i would like to know more about him right i i mean i feel like also sort of like it, the, the episode didn't really let the actors give me much. Like, other than Jonathan Cake, who's, like, the shade was, like, sort of, like, stealing the episode. And then I can't stop looking at Luke Wilson. But, like, other than that, we didn't really get much from the other actors. Other than Courtney. Like, okay. So, Courtney was back to sort of being the hope that pulls everything together in this episode, which is really good. Like, I think the entire arc, as much as it was about the other characters was about Courtney sort of figuring out that she is not the staff. She's not a superhero because of the staff. Like she is, she's made a difference in people's lives. Her, Courtney, not the staff, Uh, which is something that I feel like she learns every, but like she's a teenager. I'm not even going to get upset about that because that is sort of the superhero journey, that reminder. Uh, And um, and then we had good uh, Pat and Courtney moments though. Like, really, I wouldn't have minded if she just ran to give Pat a hug after he came back. Like, how hard was that? If I thought my dad was stuck in a different, like, realm than I was in, I would 
a hundred percent run and give them a hug when I saw him again. Right? Like even if he was in a in a in a universe where he was very handsome looking with his beard, like when you upload this episode, Angie, do me a favor and use that pad picture with the beard and black and white, because that is the vibe. Yeah, that is the vibe. Hopefully, there are some images already up that I can just steal from the vibe for this episode because. I want you all to know that we're still on brand and we noticed Luke Wilson looking good and that beard and like and the moments with Luke Wilson and um with Pat and the shade and the Shadowlands were good. I mean not, not just because they were emotional, but because they were good for our view and pleasure. Mm-hmm. What can yeah. I say? And Pat saved the shade. He's, He's you know, he doesn't have powers, but Pat is for sure a superhero. Like he didn't have to be born with powers. He doesn't have to have an object or like a giant robot suit to be a hero. Like he was like, do you want to die here or die trying? I was like, yes, Pat. Yes. And then I, I think yeah. that's sort of like the message of Courtney too. Like the message of both of them, how they are both heroes. Um, not because like, because that was what Courtney was learning um in this episode so it's it was super nice to see it pat storyline sort of reflect on courtney um in that regard because they are both heroes even if sylvester has the staff right now um and the other funny part is that no one remembered to tell the shade like can you drop us off in blue valley like before you go to new york like no (laughs) and they had to take the bus (laughs) my babies Oh, you know, they can't plan for everything, clearly. Father-daughter bonding moments. That's all, yeah. That's all was. we really needed. <laughs> On the bus. Oh, God. Why doesn't that have a button that makes Stripesy just fly to him like the Batmobile? Right? So sad. Like, like do they have a phone? Can they call, like... <laughs> right? Where were they? Did he lose his phone in the Shadowlands? Right, like sometimes Stargirl feels like it's trying to be in 1990 where we didn't have cell phones, and that was this was one of those moments because they were just like, What shall we do now? I guess we'll have to go take a bus that looks like it's 1950. And I was like, Okay, I guess because I mean, the whole town does have a like kind of like a retro vibe, mm-hmm. and the, the, the entire show has a retro vibe, but like. I mean, you do have cell phones, so you can just, I don't know, call someone, one of your superhero friends, or, like, just get someone to send you a stripe seat, like, mm-hmm. or Sylvester with the staff, like, anyone. Yeah, I mean, and Pat talked about being in, like, the fifth grade or something in the mid-80s, so he did. We know that it is, in fact, 2022 over there. It just, the town just has a very retro vibe. Yeah, they, they just don't want us to, they don't want to solve problems the easy way no. with a cell phone and Google. Because <laughs> remember when they went to the library and you were like, well, this would have been easier on Google, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this show. You know, this, I will say that this episode reminds me of the episodes we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of like, fun things that they dropped and finally some like resolution on stuff that we've been waiting for. So I'm hoping that this momentum continues for like the back half of the season. 
while still giving us a reason for why Sylvester has been around for so long. Right. We only have, what is it, four or five more episodes? Five. Um, five? Yeah. Yeah, the 13 episodes. So, yeah. yeah. But, like, it feels like that's not even enough. And I'm, like, I, I know we don't really have time. We didn't really have time to make this Infinity arc longer. But, like, we got started. We, like, it's a star girl, and you're doing an, an arc about Infinity Inc. That's two episodes long. After six episodes to spend at the beginning of the season, would have I don't know. We didn't even find out what were we doing the first six episodes. We didn't find out who killed the gambler. We barely it, it was like called frenemies, and we basically spent time with the crocs, and that was it. Because the gambler got like the shade was already like, and then this episode spends a lot of time sort of setting up the shade the Shay's redemption, but I don't even think the Shay needed set up for the redemption. He was already on the same path this episode leaves him on. So it's just, it was a fun and interesting episode, but the pacing of the season has been lackluster at best. Um, so that just leaves five episodes where so much has to happen because we don't, like, okay, it wasn't Mr. Bones. It wasn't Director Bones. It wasn't Nurse Love. They had nothing to do with who is um, who has the surveillance cameras and all of that. So we still got to figure out what that's about. Uh, we got the Cindy issues. We got Cameron's issues. We got Sylvester issues. Like, we just got too many issues. And the JSA isn't even on good terms. So they, first of all, have to go to, like, a friendship retreat or something. And then Yolanda's family is what it is. And, like, Yolanda, like, ran away from home or something, Right. I'm sorry, I can't. I had to mute myself because I couldn't stop laughing about friendship retreat. Can you imagine? Like, I'm just like out in the woods, <laughs> like Camp I mean, David style. Like, you just... probably need like real therapy. If you send them out in the woods to sort of like talk to each other, Rick will just find a way to be Rick. He'll just like, punch he... some trees. Right. You can't give Rick like like space, especially now that he doesn't have like an hour just do like he can just punch stuff at yeah. everything. That's the other thing that needs to get like resolved too is his aggressiveness with his um delimiter. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. That's another that, thing that has that, to be that, resolved. That I don't understand like also like the do the communication aspect of the JSA. How did Sylvester not tell anyone about this that Rick did? Did he presumably like did he give the kid an idea and not think that the kid was going to go through with it? Because if so, you've never spent time around kids. I don't think he has. He never got to spend time with his nephew, clearly. Yeah. So, like, when else would he have been around kids? I just think he has no clue, honestly. I mean, that that's true. But, like, I mean, but bad knows now. Like, so it's not a thing that has, like, anyone thinks is an issue. Like, I don't know. Just talk to each other, please. Because, I mean, the thing that has been missing the most from this season i will say is the jsa being the jsa um we we thought they were gonna add more people to the jsa they haven't um another thing they have to pick up is mike and jakeem have done literally nothing this season zero other than be funny around cindy and stuff zero so but the thing I will I need the most is for the JSA to have some good JSA moments that are not them glaring at each other across that loser's table that is not really the loser's table anymore, but they still 
same table because you know loyalty to the table i don't know yeah i ha i just keep having this vision of rick being really at that scene where he was like really angry and like his crop top shirt <laughs> like his crop top that's not really a crop top like i was so distracted by that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> no i can't stop thinking about that specific image oh Look, sweet baby I I, I would also like, there are some things that I know other people don't consider important that I would like answers on, like, what is Rick eating? Like, I know this isn't just an Angie and me thing, but is he only eating apples? Like, these are the things we need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, these are important answers that need answering. <laughs> I can't answers. even talk anymore. I can't even talk anymore. Like, well, I mean... I think overall, this was a really good episode. This was kind of like me watching Stargirl and not feeling like it was a chore to watch Stargirl, but like, oh, look, this is a show I like again. Because the first six episodes were rough. I ain't going to lie. I did not sign up for Starman, the show. So they were rough. Um, this was a really good episode. I feel like it comes a bit too late in the season, but I'm going to give it a pass and hope that the the last few episodes can build from this yeah if they continue the momentum that we're now gaining from this and if they somehow manage to include the frenemies more which is what this dang season was called artemis remember artemis or, I remember artemis i don't what it was where she look like where is she can we wrap up the infinity ink and helix stuff a little bit more have them come into play towards the end of the season figure out what's happening to Cameron because the Cameron stuff alone could probably be an entire back half of the season. But anyways, we're just repeating what we've already said. Yes. Here's hoping we are, we are hopeful. We are choosing to see the light instead of the darkness as Courtney would say. As Courtney would want us to. Yes. We are, we are taking inspiration from Courtney Whitmore and we're going to leave it there probably because that's a good place. Um, you can visit StargirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. Subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had reviews, so... Where are you? Guys. Um, Don't forget that we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at DCTVPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcasts has its own tea Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some stuff as it does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And if you have questions or thoughts about Stargirl, you can email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. See you next time. Bye.